0: This podcast episode is number one in a series of six episodes in which the 2023 Raices Fellows come together to discuss arts investment, their practice, and their fellowship projects with their host organization. To listen to the additional episodes in this series, make sure to follow El Tecolote, Mission Cultural Center for Latino Arts, and Galería de la Raza on all social media platforms. Welcome back to the Galería de la Raza podcast. My name is Yvette Diaz and I'm the Programs Coordinator for Galería de la Raza. We've been off the airwaves for a while, but we're excited to connect with you all once again through projects and conversations that pursue Galería de la Raza's mission. Today, we are presenting the first installment of a multi-platform series in conversation with the four artists chosen for the 2023 Raices Fellowship. We hope this episode gives you some insight on what the artists have been doing the past few months and why this and other initiatives to fund artists is so important. If you haven't been keeping up with this initiative, allow me to briefly explain what it is. The Raices Fellowship, or the Reimagining Artists in Community Education Spaces Fellowship, is an initiative to support Latinx artists living and working in the city and county of San Francisco. This fellowship hired four individuals that are hosted at four historically- Latinx-led art and culture organizations. These organizations are Accion Latina, Valeria de la Raza, Marigold Project, and Mission Cultural Center for Latino Arts. This two-year initiative aims to provide dedicated job opportunities to artists and support historical, cultural organizations that have been at the center of social services. This 12-month fellowship requires the artist to develop a community-informed art project within their practice that will culminate in a public presentation with the support and guidance of the organizations. As conveners of this initiative, we're excited to bring together the four chosen artists today for a conversation to get their thoughts as they work across disciplines and focus on different themes and topics for their final projects. Our first fellow is Ariana Cruz Martinez. She is a fiber textile and embroidery artist her textile and visual artwork has been featured at Brava Theater, the annual San Francisco Carnaval Parade, Latino Cultural Center in Dallas, Texas, as well as many artists markets throughout San Francisco. Sewing and creating since the age of six, she has explored and pursued knowledge in all forms of fashion, design, garment construction, textile creation, and embroidery art. She is the current creator of So Frisco, a wearable thread art brand inspired by memories and life growing up in the seven by seven through hand embroidered iron-on patches and pins. She shares her love of sewing through various community workshops from hand sewing to creating costumes. Hi Ariana. thanks for being here with us today. Hey, how's it going? I'm happy to be here. And our next artist is Calixto Robles. Um, He is from Oaxaca, Mexico, and moved to San Francisco in 1983. He is a painter, printmaker, and ceramic sculptor who is inspired by Mesoamerican and First Nation people's culture, as well as sacred imagery of ancient Eastern and Western cultures. He uses natural and supernatural figures such as angels, eagles, jaguars, bison, hearts, and moons. Calixto creates work around issues that he has personally invested in his entire life, social justice and climate change. He makes art to empower people to find strength to fight for justice. Select exhibits include the Legion of Honor in San Francisco, the D. Young Museum in San Francisco, the Oakland Museum, and Museo de la Estampa, Mexico City. His work is in the collection of the Library of Congress and the Smithsonian Museum. Bienvenido Calixto.
1: Muchas gracias por la invitación. And hi to everybody.
0: Our next artist is Lila Mays Shah. She was born in San Francisco Bay Area. She received her MFA from the San Francisco Art Institute in sculpture and her BA from San Francisco State University in textile and design. She is an artist, digital designer, education and healing arts practitioner. She is currently cultivating her work in social art practice, large-scale sculpture, and site-specific installations. She has exhibited with SOMARTS, Yerba Buena Sculpture Walks, Mission Cultural Center, 510 Gallery, The Lab, Big Sur Spirit Garden, and El Vagabundo Gallery in Oaxaca, Mexico. Her present work examines the human experience and often offers options for remediation. Hi, Lila. Thanks for joining us today. Hi, Yvette. Thank you for having me. And our last artist, last but not least, is Yano Rivera. He is a mural restorer working in the Mission District since 2008. Alongside his work on murals, he has been writing comics and personal notebooks, which evolved into professional communication tools. Having witnessed the power of comics to amplify his mural restoration work, He is eager to bring comics to amplify journalism at Acción Latina. The parallel between journalism and art conservation is this, holding space for the voices of others. Hi, Yano, thanks for joining us. Hello, everybody. Hi, thanks for having me. Thank you all for joining us today in this conversation. We wanted to kind of start off by understanding a little bit about everyone's project. Um, We can start with a brief description. And then go into what made you apply to the fellowship and why the organization that you're with. Um, Ariana, do you wanna start first?
2: Yeah, that sounds good. Um, so, my background is heavily in costume design and just different types of um, fashion design and wearable art. As I always say, my practice is wearable art. So, for this, first, um, actual installed piece I'm working on. I'm exploring just these different aspects of domestic labor and or labor sectors in, um, you know, in the States. And I'm exploring and kind of playing with the uniforms associated to those sectors. Cause I come from like a domestic background in my family. So it's a little close to, you know, what I do outside of my art practice. Um, and then what I'm doing is in these uh, uniform explorations, I'm trying to also like take apart the different stereotypes and or classifications that people perceive when they see specific uniforms. And I'm trying to evolve it into like a really strong display of these different sectors, almost like an homage and a respect of uplifting that work and showcasing it in a way that is not normally highlighted and or, you know, talked about, you know, especially right now, there's a lot of movements and ongoing movements in labor rights in many different sectors. Um, and I applied to the Raices Fellowship, um, coming from taking a really strong break from my artistic practice, um, having to support my family's business in, you know, during the COVID years. And so I was really missing the connection of being able to create nonstop because I had to kind of flip flop my balance into where my focus was. And this felt like a really great opportunity to just really dive full on in into what I love to do, which is creating, but also being able to create something with a message, something that the community could come and reflect on and look at and um, and really just kind of take in. And I really wanted to apply to Galeria because I really liked that their overall approach was to let the artist dive into their practice kind of hands free or, you know, free range. And so it gave me the opportunity to just pick this topic that's really like on my chest or in my mind and then just explore it in all ways I want to explore. Because normally in my practice, I have like a lot of different guidelines and or themes I have to stick to when it comes to costume design so this was a way to create these costumes or these wearable art pieces that don't have all of those parameters and all of those different voices um, and then they said yes and I went oh, and I just kept rolling with it um, ever since and I really appreciate like the guidance I've been getting so far and just also the overall feedback of where my interest is and why am I picking labor and you know, all of these different uh, uniforms, like why uniforms? Right. And so I really appreciate Galadia' open arms to accepting that and then allowing me to be like, I'm going to embroider a thousand gloves and turn it into pants and they're like, do it. So, <laughs> so I'm really we're, excited, we're excited to
0: that. see that. <laughs> we're, I'm excited to see the final result of that. But, um, Calixto, um, if you can tell us a little bit about your project or your final project what, that you're doing with Mission Cultural Center and why did you apply to the fellowship with them?
1: Yes. Um, well, I uh, applied to the RAICES grant because um, well, I, I, somebody told me about the grant and uh, – and the Mission Cultural Center was kind of a focus in, in printmaking, especially in the uh, screen printing studio called Mission Grafica, a place that um, I had been conne- in connection since 1986 when uh, when I discovered it, and and, and I've been. Uh, participating, uh, learning, then teaching, and so I think it was very uh, um, a- appropriate for me to, to try to, to get this grant. Um, I-, I was very uh, honored that they chose me, and my project is is uh, is about pre making screen printing, and it's something that I've been doing. For following um, the traditions of a lot of artists who come to Mission Grafica and they do posters for the community, so working with people like uh, Juan Fuentes, uh, Esther Hernandez, seeing the the words the words that they produce uh, kind of uh, inspired me to 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 do my posters to uh, do posters for the community. Um, and my project is to. To do a, a series of works um, uh, that touches uh current events that are happening in our community and in the world, like like uh, immigration, you know, immigration rights, uh climate change, um taking care of Mother Earth, water is life. So my project is to make posters that somehow uh uh, inform people of of what's happening and in some of these posters I sometimes I put it on the streets sometimes I give it to business and the community bookstores um, and my final uh, um, project will be having a, a show a show at the mission Cultural center in in January where I will show all the the works that I've been doing
0: Awesome, thank you. Yeah, posters and printmaking have been a very big tool for activists and and just getting the word out in community. I mean, we've here in the mission, we've really seen that um, that history, right? And I appreciate you carrying the that tradition. Um, I'm excited to talk a little bit more about your project, um, Lila, Can you tell us a little bit about your project and and, you know, why did you um, apply to the fellowship, and especially with Marigold Project?
3: Yeah, so Marigold Project, I've been working with off and on for 20 something years, mostly as a volunteer. Um, and so it's an organization that I've held pretty close to my heart. Um, and in the time I've been doing that work, I've always thought of Projects that I want to do in the community, um, but never had capacity or resources to do that. Uh, so I actually have several final projects that I'm working on. Um, may, maybe a little bit more than I can chew, I'm realizing, <laughs> but uh, there's nothing like the hustle, right? In the mission district. <laughs> <strength. laughs> I feel like we all have one. Um so yeah, so the one of the projects that I'm currently work, working on is called Golden Threads in Oral History. And I'm installing right now six altars into storefronts um through the mission district, um, highlighting lives of ancestors who have passed, who I think wove these beautiful golden threads into our community, who were like everyday heroes who went and taught. Like, for example, Sarah Ramirez, a.k.a. Roxy Brown. She was this amazing bee girl that, like, taught dance, you know, with the kids throughout various community centers. Um, and I just wanted to highlight, like, who who our everyday heroes are because the mission is what it is today. And people are attracted to coming here for so many reasons. But it's like it has a really beautiful history. and. Mm-hmm seeing like all these toy graffitis now, you know, hit bombing the mission in a way that's like not attractive. Um, I feel like we really need to like reconnect with like a, a sense of place and origins or community or that fabric that kind of weaves us all together. So that's um, in saying all of that, the Dia de los Muertos, you know, the Miracle Project was the perfect organization to like have these conversations that I'm really interested in having. And it's been great to work within an organization because I feel like as an artist, you're always looking for access, especially like if it's a social art project or something that you need some type of engagement or participation. And the Miracle Project has been able to not only offer me like, A team approach to this but like access in a way that most people if you're just like an artist saying hey I'm an artist and this is what I'd like to do with you Mm -hmm. it's much better if you have somebody that can you know an organization within the space and then people are like oh yeah you have like you and a team and it it gives people Mm -hmm. I think an opportunity to feel a little bit more secure that it's not just Mm you that's doing it alone, right? There's like a group behind you. Yeah, collaboration. Yes, and that's really special in and of itself because I think oftentimes as an artist, there's that element of like, this is your business and you need to get out there and you need to do all these things, but it's really nice to sometimes turn to somebody and say, hey, this is what I'm gonna do. These are, you know, hitting a little bit of like barricades do you have suggestions or ideas of how to move through these? Or mm-hmm. like, for example, yesterday I went into Acción Latina and I saw Yano and I was like, I want one of the store owners wants to highlight the story of this poet in the mission, and I'm not really sure who to talk to about his story, like who I need to interview. And Yano was like, Come down. I went down and within like Minutes, I had like three names and a video somebody had put together, and it's just really nice to have that. Um, it's almost like familia, right? You go over to your cousin's house and you're like, Oh my gosh, this is happening, I need to figure these things out, and then your cousin's like, Oh, you should just A, B, and C, and you're like, <laughs> Oh yeah, okay, great. <laughs> so it's been really great having that, um, that like the, not just my organization but like connections to other fellows and things of that nature. Um, it really feels like uh, there's more purpose and support within that those spaces when you're, when you're trying to push forward and move ahead.
0: Speaking of Yano, <laughs> Yano <laughs> how about you, um, you, yeah. Tell us a little bit about your project, um, your final project with Accion Latina and why did you apply to the fellowship with them?
4: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, so the the reason why I insist is still random. I applied it random. It shows up on Instagram. You're like, mm-hmm. all right, I'm just going to apply some. So it's very random. Uh, mm-hmm. and I feel, uh, you know, like like colleagues it also very, uh, and and Ariana and Lila, you know, very lucky. Um, the project is. Uh, the project, my project, is kind of the application of a concept that was created by Paul Flores and Fatima Ramirez and Josue Rojas and a couple other cats that I don't know their names. Mm-hmm. Their project is called History Matters in the Mission. They just completed San Francisco Museum of Modern Art installation, the '80s Matter in the Mission. And now what I'm doing is the '90s Matter in the Mission, and then in the next year. The next applicant will do the two thousands matter and the mission. It's it's it, in the words in Paul's words. What we're trying to do is activating the archive. That's a very open uh, activity. I'm doing it through comics. Uh, I I you know like I I've been writing a lot of comics since I was a little kid. Like just like and uh, um it's, and anyways that's 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 kind of the gist of it uh it's a it's a you know very happy to be here
0: yeah and i think um as you're talking about archive and history and um i, I think i'm curious to to understand like what conversations are coming up for you working with like acción latina I'll, and their archive
4: i'll say i'll say this uh the 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 popular phrase is i believe the popular phrase is that journalism is the first draft of history, and within Acción Latina is the newspaper El Tecolote, which makes El Tecolote the first draft of history for the Mission District, uh, and that's the archive that I'm dealing with, uh, and it's a pretty cool resource.
0: And it's mm-hmm. like- How about you, Calixto? Um, what what do you what conversations are coming up when you um, are we are working with Mission Cultural Center and and the maybe archive of Mission Grafica or understanding the archive of Mission Grafica?
1: Uh, well, uh, like I said, uh, I, I've been here since 1986, so um, I seen a lot of posters made here and. Uh, Sometimes when I, I go to the archive room and see all the posters, I just bring me memories of times when we were producing them. Um, l- let me l- learn um, some some techniques that, that they were doing in those times. So, like um, uh, you know, there is sometimes that people do special effects on the screen, so it's mm-hmm. like. Then come come other people and do different techniques so it's just been a um, like le- learning again you know new, new things you know?
0: Mhm. like techniques and
1: Techn- and, and yeah. theme you you also see themes that I remember uh seeing posters about uh, demanding the release of Peltier in, mm-hmm. in 1986 when I came there to and, and it's, it's still right now, we're doing that, you know. Right. The struggle yeah. continues. Yeah, continues.
0: Ex- exactly. And how has, um, I guess this is a question for everyone. Um, what do you hope the organization takes away um, from working with you and developing your project?
2: That's a good question. <laughs> I think the best the best hope i have when it comes to Galeria is uh seeing these this different type of installation right because i get a lot of feedback that this is kind of like a first in the sense of the clothing and the way that we're going to try to organize the textiles um when you think of textile art and different types of thread art different things come to mind so i have a lot of 3d pieces or pieces that can uh, you know that are manifesting into something and i also don't have these pieces archived already or a history to pull from because i said all of my artwork is wearable and goes and lives beyond me Uh, so i think that's also a different thing that i'm bringing into galeria is that this is the first time something's being created um without this base to pull from and say i'm going to add to these two pieces they're all kind of just coming to life as this fellowship takes form. So I think that's what I'm excited to give and and experience.
4: Yeah. I'll I'll say, uh, I've, um, Acción Latina is, is not really an, uh, an arts organization per se. It's more of a media organization and it's like journalism nerds as. And so for me, there is an element of being an advocate for the arts within a journalism and media context and it's showing that artists also are governed by rules of credibility and ethics and doing their citations and understanding context which is part of a huge part of what guides journalists.
0: Mm-hmm. Actually going off of that I think um, when we think about artist investment we don't really think about how artists can um, contribute to like social change right like people think that artists is just they they just do work for the sake of making artwork um, but mm-hmm. what we see within everyone's practice here is that there is kind of a fundamental like need for change um, or I guess a fundamental like uh, driving force for change right And I'm thinking about how um, right now, San Francisco has changed like tremendously in the last, like just five years. I mean, just for example, um, how, you know, we've seen how artists and art have contributed to the city to like maintain its character and how the city continues to like reach out to artists to, Keep our our city vibrant. Um, what do you hope that your practice and your project can contribute to the Mission District or San Francisco or the Bay Area as a whole?
1: I, I hope you know when when I do when when I create my posters, I I try to do the best I can so um, so so people can can see that we Latinos in the Mission we we create. Uh, work that is not only political or social messages but also the the quality the of, of the printing you know so that, mm-hmm. that's what i try to do to do a, a good work
0: i know you calixto and lila are participating in the hungry ghost festival in chinatown i would say like crossing neighborhoods like how do you think your project has like an impact there
1: for me it was very nice to to, because I was printing uh, some posters there uh, mm-hmm. and I saw the reaction of the people, mostly uh, Asian people there, uh, they were very happy to, to know about the Mission Cultural Center, about the posters that we we're doing. So I think it was very um, very nice to, to bring the mission to, to Chinatown and, and, and see other cultures. There were different groups there. So it, for me, it was very, very nice.
0: Mm -hmm.
3: Yeah, it was a pretty magical experience for me. Um, I'm working on a social art piece called Ancestral Wisdom, where it's uh, a collection of, um, I'm going to start over right there. (laughs) Ancestral Wisdom is a, a card where you fill out in memory of blank, who said blank. And it's the wisdom that we live by so it's kind of like a collection of uh, the collective conscious of the ancestors that guides us from day to day as a community. And it was really amazing to like have a woman come who was Cantonese and she filled it out in her language and just to have like this cultural exchange and cultural sharing mm-hmm. and in, in planning the, the altar that we were going to, we put up, Marigold Project put up, there was also a lot more of like discussions about like what the Chinese culture does and the Latino culture does. And so we were able to identify points of crossover and then points of like new things that might help somebody who's dealing with grief and death and dying. So I thought it was a really beautiful event and to have like more
0: understanding of what's happening throughout the city was really great would you mind um sharing some of those like connections that both these cultures have or that you notice like were different or
3: so they had a procession mm-hmm. um, which was really great because we have our procession and they were starting their procession from a place that they had fought for for so long uh and our procession has been going on for a long time but you know throughout the years there's moments in our procession where we've had to fight for like either the route or the procession they were fighting for a um a trot tra- what is it a muni station for so long right um, Access just to like public transportation. Uh, so culturally though, there, there were these like really beautiful, vibrant colors that they used, you know, um, pinks and yellows and blues. And it made me feel a little bit like I might be somewhere in Mexico with like the ribbons and the different adornations that they use on their sculptures and the way that like they, kind of carried in procession of the hungry ghost is kind of similar to like, if you go somewhere in Mexico, you know, you might see one of the virgins up on
0: Mm -hmm. a a, platform.
3: Yeah. On the platform being carried through the town or some saint. Right.
0: Mm -hmm.
3: Um, It's interesting too, because the way that we do our saints, are like these grandiose like structures. And so was theirs. And that was really beautiful. Um, Yeah, it's just a handful of different things, like crossovers, whether they were visually or uh, also through, you know, the act of remembrance or elements of that sort.
0: Thanks for sharing that. Ariana, can you answer that same question also? Like, what do you hope your practice can contribute to the Mission District, San Francisco, or the Bay Area as a whole?
2: As a whole, like, everything encompassed, I hope that, um, I don't know if I run it, obviously I always want to see change, but I think the better word for me is a pathway because I have just different, you know, backgrounds of, of what I consider the ways I've studied, learned and, and gone through things in life. And so my hope is that I create a pathway for, like, I do a lot of work with the youth so that the youth can see that, um. Every art form and practice has potential to, you know, be successful in what success is to them. So I hope that the work I do, they can see and not follow my path, but see that it is an open path that they can take and flourish and grow so that that next generation of creatives behind us feels empowered to push through and apply. Cause even applying can be, for these types of opportunities, can be very overwhelming. Um, uh, so, yeah, I hope that that's the biggest thing is that I, they can see that it's been done in similar faces and similar backgrounds and similar um, like I'm an artist, but I'm like this type of artist and that, you know, those pathways, they can follow down and see the same successes that I feel like I've been working really hard to get to.
3: Adrienne, I haven't met you in person, but just like reading about you and seeing the work that you do, like I feel like it's really beautiful to see in your work the time that you've spent doing it. <laughs> and it's Thank just, re- it's like when you talk about like how you want to impact the kids, it's just a reminder to me of like, you can take anything that you're passionate about and make it your art. And if you invest time and, um, you know being really like adamant about like do exploring all the avenues to it, it can really flourish into like this the most amazing art form. thank
2: you. I really appreciate that Layla. it's it's really nice, you because know, that's like yeah, that's what I really hope to do it um everything has been I always say it's like a gorilla work up you know just different obstacles to go through so. I just feel like really honored to be in the same space of everybody because I feel like you all have such a strong history in what you practice and what you do, um, and an educational background behind that. So it just feels like really good to push into this space too. (laughs) So thank you.
0: I think that also leads me into another question: like, what what challenges have you um, have any of you kind of met? In the process of like the fellowship, um, that you think you, or that you didn't think of, like, uh, within your process.
4: Whew. Whew. Whoa, Nelly! Whoa, Nelly! Whoa, Nelly! Uh, I'll say this: um, newspapers fly at a pace and a clip that is unfathomable to people who work outside of newspapers and media. It goes so fast. They even talk fast in the office. Like you'll, The <laughs> speed at which they speak is in some way a reflection of the velocity that they fly at as they're doing this work. Uh, it's Action Latina has the newspaper. It has events organizing. It has curating. It has fundraising. And all of these things are high stress. And all these things are going at just like the speed of, of as fast as you can possibly do them. Uh, so there, there, there is absolutely, in, for at least for, for me working with Accion Latina, an element of speed that is uh, overwhelming and uh, thrilling and electrifying and like all electric light bulbs can lead to burnout. And I think that's uh, uh, in some ways uh, perhaps a reflection of the environment of journalists and organizers and fundraisers and curators.
0: Well, that's a good point that you bring up, though. Um, I mean, I feel like in San Francisco, we see, like, the news cycle just going, like, crazy, right, Um, especially with, like, how everything's shutting down downtown. And I think sometimes artists are good – like reminder they like remind folks like okay let's think about this critically right like how do we take in this news and filter it and create something out of it
4: the work of el Tecolote is what is called advocacy journalism mm-hmm. they are taking the temperature of journalism locally Nationally and internationally as a kind of big-picture climate thing. Within that big-picture climate thing, they try and focus on – not they try and focus. I have been invited to write editorial cartoons for El Tecolote where looking at the greater climate environment of media, finding specific – Let's call them targets of people who are doing things that are perhaps hypocritical, perhaps ironic, perhaps flat out wrong, and finding specific people, specific uh, news articles that they've written or things that they have said on television or on radio, and quoting them and taking their quotes and as as a credible source and bringing in other credible sources that compare and. Make fun of them. It's, I like to think of it as punching up at different media organizations. Uh, we've wrestled in the newsroom with things that have come out in the San Francisco Chronicle. We've wrestled in the newsroom of things that come out in conservative news media. We've wrestled with things that come out in Mission Local. Mm-hmm. It's there's a conversation happening in a newsroom, and it's. Absolutely, I just want to say it again. It's invigorating to be a part of, and it it it's and it's and absolutely super. Probably the most fun part of my uh, fellowship is writing, edit, taking taking this the the spirit and the the kind of anger and angst that exists inside of every journalist's heart, and channeling it onto very specific targets that we feel need to be examined critically and i don't want to use a boxing metaphor but it's like but it's making a joke of them so it's using them as punch lines It's punching up at from El Tecolote, a small not you know enormous media organization punching up at bigger media organizations that have much more power and i i'm very proud to say that like a climate skeptic has uh, untagged himself from cartoons that I've made of him. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, we, we've grappled with uh, the, some of the Pulitzer-winning photographers from the San Francisco Chronicle. Really, really thought critical about it. And uh, 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 there's others. I can't think of them off the top, but that's that's probably the most the most fun uh, in in this fellowship for me. <laughs> that's that's,
2: all that's so intent. interesting
0: yeah that's so interesting i um just knowing like how the reception to a comic right like with very very little like just information but like with lots of context loaded onto it is like so threatening to folks or you know like emits like a reaction from them i think it's i it's so interesting because, um, I mean, I feel like we, in the mission, maybe haven't used comics in that way, <laughs> or we um, we maybe haven't um, explored it deeper, and it's just really interesting to see how, like, how it kind of, yeah, just like you said, brings the conversation or brings other folks into the conversation, right? Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't know if anyone has anything to say about that.
2: Well, it's like everything is like on social media in certain ways, right? Because people take it with so much weight. So for them, even like the little things of like, oh, they went and untagged themselves. Is like those <laughs> small messages are big messages, you know? So yeah, you really ruffled some feathers there. I <laughs> think just keep doing what you're doing, even though it's, it's a lot right to be that
3: voice, but obviously you're doing it right. So <laughs> It's been really fun. One day, okay. One day Yano and I went out and he brought along a few of his comics. Mm-hmm. And it was really interesting to see how different people responded to the same comic. Mm-hmm. At one point, we did go to Adobe Books. They had like a whole co- really awesome um, comic curated exhibition um, in the back. I think it was curated by Ivy. And Yano gave her his comic, and she was able to see like, multiple multiple layers of why why this comic he created um was so interesting and so many people had missed like you know who it was exactly he was addressing or exactly what it was the the narrative it was about but she was able to depict like every layer of the comic it was so great and it's it an, it's interesting because i don't think people think of comics as like a graphic form of information mm-hmm. when they, when they are, you know, mm-hmm. depending on who the, the artist is that's curating them. Um, and so it's been really beautiful to see like Yano have this one person able to connect all the dots of his comic.
4: <laughs> I, can, I can tell you exactly. I remember what the, so this was one of my first comics and it mm-hmm. is a, I'm showing it to the people on the screen And it's a cartoon of our San Francisco District Attorney, Brooke Jenkins. And behind the kind of court bar is uh, the chief of police, I think his name is Bill Scott, if I'm not mistaken, and the mayor, London Breed. And they are all dressed up in costumes as the superhero-slash-anti-superhero character, Judge Dredd. Mm -hmm. And... Uh, the, the, this was in the context of the shooting at the, what was a Walmart or a Walgreens, Walgreens. on third street Walgreens. and, uh, you know, a young transgender woman was losing it. And then the security guard came and just got into a tussle and made the really stupid mistake of blasting the person. And then Brooke Jenkins, uh, looked at the evidence and, uh, decided not to press charges, and so there was a question there of was that something that Brooke should have done, or was that something that should have been left to a jury? And there is there is a whole like I I, I you know I, like I, I ran that I ran that comic by lawyers. The whole thing going on. So what happens? The, but my quit when I when I was walking with Leela down the street, and we were showing it to different people. I was showing it to people because I was concerned, did, did they get it? Was, was the punchline landing? Did you get the joke? And most of the people didn't. There was a thing. Either people didn't know who Brooke Jenkins, the district attorney, was, or they didn't know who Judge Dredd was. And so it brings up a question which I brought up with my comedy nerd friend, which is, if you have a joke… And the joke has credibility, and the punchline punches, but nobody laughs at it, do you still say it? And th- that is, uh, I guess, a challenge in comedy. I'm not a professional comedian. He said yes do it anyway. And so we've been writing kind of jokes, and <laughs> people sort of haven't been laughing, but they still have punchlines. And that's, the, and that's been a thing. Mm -hmm. That's my thought. That's my thought. (laughs) Thank you for listening.
0: Um, Yeah, like Lila said earlier, um, it's, yeah, the comics are such a graphic form of, like, art that people kind of underestimate. And I almost equate it to, like, yeah, screen printing and poster making, right? Um, There's, like, information that you're disseminating uh, to the community through a visual form. Um, so I think it's really cool that there's, like, so many similarities between everyone's process here. Um, and, yeah, I mean, I don't know if you all kind of have seen those similarities or connected um, over them. Um, but I think, I mean, it's worth exploring even more, right? <laughs>
1: um, something that the question that you asked about challenges during this process. Yeah. And my... One of my problems, my, my, my challenges is that uh, when I have to do something, it, my brain kind of a closes, you know, like for this project, I was trying to think, oh, what should I do? And, uh, and my wife, who she's an artist too, she said, Calisto, eh, just relax, you know, you you do all these posters before and you just mm-hmm. have to, you know, just relax and, and, and just start doing it anyway. So, um, for me, that's one of my uh, biggest challenges to try to get the ideas when I have something that I have to do. Mm-hmm. Um, even though I, I go to the internet and I investigate and read about the, the theme that I want to do, but mm-hmm. it's still so for me to get the, the image. But, uh, um, but, uh, during this process, I, I think it, it's getting a little better, so they are flowing a little bit better now after some time. So, anyway.
0: has um has the reception to your prints or posters been very different from Yano's reception or people like reacting to Yano's comics? Um, but,
1: but the, the, the pieces that i've been doing people have um have have reacted good you know they they mm-hmm. like you know they uh, so, so it, it hasn't been so uh, similar to a uh, journalist's uh, reaction you know?
3: so at the hungry ghost festival i will say like there were so many people walking around with Calixto's print mm mm-hmm. And it was really beautiful. Do you want to talk a little bit about that print? I thought it was amazing.
1: Yeah, actually, um, uh, I had to, I was also that day, I, I, I also i am a part of the Native American Health Clinic. I've been, been assisting to the wellness program that they had. They had a, a program with uh, drumming, with the big drum and singing. And I've been doing that for like nine years. That really gives me a lot of inspiration and healing, and also learning about the the way of the Native American, who are very similar to, to Native Mexican or Latin American, mm-hmm. respect to mother respect to the elders. And anyway, so uh, um, they they invite me that day to to also do a print for them at the Native American Health Center, and go and print it there. And also the mission culture. I didn't know the mission cultural center was going to have a stand there too. So, so, uh so uh, I had to go to. I had to be one for some hour in this, and the mission cultural center printing a poster that I did for for them. That, uh, that is. Uh, that we have is examples the, of prints. <laughs> yeah. That's, Lest,
0: uh, that is, that is, that's our mission.
1: Our
0: mission
1: is. Uh, uh, peace and unity. Mm-hmm. And that, I did this poster because there was a shooting like a month ago at a treat in twenty four, mm-hmm. And I wanted yeah. to make, make something that's about peace and unity. Anyway, so um, so I had to do that poster that Lila showed you with the Native Americans and, yeah. and then go and print this other one. So, um, yeah, it was um, I feel very very, very happy and honor to be doing these boatworks, works, you know, to spread the the world peace in. And-
3: mm-hmm. So this poster says all tribes sacred. Mm-hmm. And you know, we were in um, Chinatown and to see like that form of unity within that space, mm-hmm. uh, all people being represented. It just felt like, you know, like San Francisco in the 90s when we did a lot of cultural sharing
0: yeah and that
3: was to me it was really beautiful right it's like hey this is what our culture does and it's good medicine you know you can don't sell it you know don't appropriate it don't sell it you can participate and this is how and Mm -hmm. that was really beautiful um to be a part of and then to see this poster that you know calixto was doing (laughs) was pretty magical i think
2: it was beautiful I think like we, one thing to touch on what Lily was saying earlier is that, um, we're all storytellers and we're all passing on these stories, but we have different mediums in the way that we do. So whether it's in print, digital arts, comics, uh, fabrics and threads, uh, sculptures, we're all passing on stories that we've been told, lived and experiences, and we're using our mediums to continue that storytelling it's like one of those like basic things of knowledge transfer. you know uh, what is it knowledge sharing to those coming up behind us
0: i, like I that. love that yeah i feel like all of you all are like connecting with like history in some type of way and continuing that story so artist investment has been a large focus of galleria's work um and the north star for like this fellowship really um and we know that artist funding practices are not perfect. I mean, a lot of people jump to the opportunity for this fellowship to apply and and you know be able to like work as an artist for a year, you know. Um, but my question to you all as artists is like, how might we reimagine these funding practices? Because um, they're very bureaucratic, <laughs> um, but I mean, as an artist, like what what would make it easier to to keep doing artwork, to keep growing as an artist?
3: I feel like for me, I've been thinking a lot about this because a year goes by really quickly, mm-hmm. and if you you know, it's a job, right? Um, and part of our job is like a voice of the culture, and also a cultural curator of sorts, because um, we're. Want things to look better right And so we try to find creative ways to uh show that and represent it or um exempl- like exemplify it in different ways through our art or call attention to it um so I think a lot about in terms of like if this was a job where you went to city hall the first three months is really onboarding you know there's a lot of paper there's a lot of like learning what the job is. The first year is a lot of like investigation and really understanding like what community you're serving. It's not long enough. Like really, this needs to be at least a three-year job. You talk to people who have been in their positions and their roles, and right when they start like getting a grasp for what it is that they're like, their output is usually I think the best when they're coming into three years of really knowing the job and having time to execute it properly. So for me, it's like, well, this should really just be a built in job in a lot of community organizations or, you know, other spaces as well to, or, and in addition to other spaces, Mm -hmm. um, just because it is really important that we have different ways to provoke and change and create um and and through it all it's really like we're we're connecting a lot of dots too you know it's not it's not like you just get to show up and do whatever you want like everyone here has invested a lot of time and resources into it you know and but we don't get paid or recognized the same way that somebody at a nine-to-five might or you know a job that's on the books type thing Mm -hmm.
2: Yeah, I definitely agree in the sense of um, the idea of finally still trying to find your footing, but also realizing, oh, we're almost halfway through, which means I also need to start getting ready for what's next. So it's like you're already having to prepare for the next chapter or how this income is going to change in the next few months while still trying to be fully immersed in what you're working on if you're like if we're looking at a bigger picture right because like creating and waking up every day and getting to do what you love to do is amazing something i've strived for for a long time but i also uh, have like these balances that i took to do so so i have to be ready to can those balances shift back again how am i going to prepare for this and i'm trying to prepare for it now but yet i still have so much you know time to enjoy what i'm doing it's just it's always a balance. As an artist, it's always a balancing act. It's always something that you have to prove it's worth the effort, time, and energy, hope for, you know, the stability and the income, and then constantly grinding for that next step because the opportunities are there and they're amazing, but they're also, um, you know, it's like, what is the
0: right amount of time? Sometimes it's always so short. Any thoughts on that question, Calixto or Yano?
1: Yeah, maybe uh, well maybe uh, for the organizations to to try to to get more funding right for from from, from business or, or places like that, that help the our communities so so they can give give longer grants or or more grants to more artists. That's mm-hmm. my thing.
0: Yeah.
4: Uh- I'm not a super expert on the topic. Uh, I enjoy very much talking with uh, Fatima Ramirez because she, uh, like she, she has a really interesting insights about fundraising. We got to host, I think, a whole bunch of people here participated, even you, Calixto. We got to meet the group Hispanics in Philanthropy. That was interesting. Mm-hmm. There are a sort of Hispanic donor group that traditionally gives to, you know people who need things like schools and hospitals and like, you know, like, like really, you know, bare bones, basic stuff, which is everyone in Latin America for the first time they were considering and doing considerations for giving to arts and culture organizations on a tour that they did up and down 24th street. And, uh, I remember I presented to them. That was really cool. Um, it's the fundraising is very hard. Uh, uh I have, more thoughts, but I'll, I'll keep it. That was kind of, that was a highlight. Was, was, uh, uh, oh, it, 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 I don't know a lot about it, but they, that was a highlight, was presenting to Hispanics in philanthropy when they gave. and they, you Were you there, Calixto?
1: I was here at the Mission Cultural Center where they came and um, we showed them the, the, the Mission Cultural Center, Mission Grafica. Yeah, it, it was a, it was a big reception that, yeah, we have for them.
0: Yeah, they stopped by Galleria also, and we had a small presentation as well. Um, Yeah, these are all great suggestions. I mean, I definitely feel like, um, well, now now recently I've been seeing more like uh, fellowships for artists at several organizations or foundations are releasing applications, you know. Um, And it might just be because I'm hyper aware of it all, (laughs) since, you know, that's kind of our focus, really um but I feel like people are yeah starting to catch on like arts and culture is important and especially after the pandemic we've we really did not fund that in an appropriate way for people to like survive um so now we're trying our best to like scramble and get that money going to them right and I (laughs) embrace it with open arms right like let's Let's keep funding artists and the arts and their projects because they are um, really important in creating social change and in doing more advocacy for other issues.
3: I do think that the lens needs to be shifted or refocused Mm -hmm. because it's like in schools, right? There's budget cuts. The first thing they drop are the arts. Mm -hmm. And we know that that's not a successful outcome at the end right because through arts we lear- we learn too a lot of the soft skills that everyone's striving to have right. um so i think that the, sh- the lens right now it's always like the, and then if we have money left over it can go to the do something where we employ artists
4: mm-hmm.
3: i think the lens needs to be more like artists are a part of the core group of people that you need to have on board, you know, because even like Miracle Project, I show up for, um, they have creative meetings once, once a week, you know, it's, and that's really important because it's not just creativity is in the way that you fundraise, creativity is in the way that you execute things. It's, it's a touch point in everything that the organization does. Mm-hmm. Um, so it really needs to be an integral part, this, an artist on staff an integral part I think of operations and systems in place.
0: Yeah. I agree completely. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just wanted to I I
4: Adi, were you did you do also the Hispanics and Philanthropy uh that that me and colleagues did? Like did you meet them and like say hi, like my name's Adriana I'm the
2: I did, I'm just curious, yeah, I did. What was that like? <laughs>
4: I'm just curious. Curious what that was like for you.
2: I had to be really honest, it was actually really fast. It was uh, they were all in as a huge group. There was a speech, and we tried to as like it was this thing. it's It's almost like there wasn't enough time. How can you show what you're working on has weight and substance and importance if it's just like two seconds of a group of people coming through and passing? I mean, it was an amazing experience. and it yeah, so it's, it's crazy to see how much hard like boots on the ground fundraising is. For many organizations, it's an uphill battle. So it's like everybody is working so hard to be seen. And then there's, you know, the artists underneath that who are like trying to climb through the paperwork that they were, the ups above them (laughs) were given to be like, here, fill out all these papers so we can see what you're doing is important. And then you're like swimming through this paperwork and, you know, presenting and speaking. And it's it's just like... (sighs) The best way I could describe how that felt, it was a, it was definitely like thinking of like, oh yeah, it was like a tornado that came through and you're trying to catch the colors (laughs) in the most respectful way possible.
0: (laughs) Seeing how people's experiences have been recently, just in the last few months with the fellowship, I mean, what advice do you have for those that want to apply for the fellowship next year or the following cycle?
2: Don't doubt yourself and just try. It was it was a it was hard because like uh, you know, I'm not uh putting I'm a storyteller with like my words, my hands, my fabrics, but having to translate all of that onto a screen or onto a piece of paper is like going back to your earlier questions, a part of the challenge, you know. So stop doubting yourself and just applying, you never know how it'll pan out. And don't be afraid to edit yourself.
1: Yes, I think, uh, perdón, yes, uh, just try it, try to fill, fill in those forms and uh, and just believe in yourself, believe in your art, and, 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 and do it. You know, it, it really it helps uh, the little money that we're getting, it helps in a lot of ways. I'm very grateful.
3: And I think if they start thinking about what they want their project to be and writing that out, like a paragraph of what that is, so that when it does come time to apply, that you kind of have your focus and and it's easier to get through that paperwork. Mm -hmm. I would say anyone
4: applying to Accion Latina, read a printed newspaper.
0: (laughs) Go every find one that first. <laughs>
4: find that I, read, <laughs> I read two newspapers every day, printed. Nice.
0: That's good advice. <laughs> um, any last words?
1: Uh, just I'm just very thankful to you or to, or to to meet all the artists listening, all their comments, all their stories, and uh very thankful to the organization for uh, Action Latina, Project Marigold, uh Mission Cultural Center, uh, La Raza, for uh, giving us this um, this help. Thank you.
0: Can you tell us where folks can keep up with your work?
1: Instagram, Calixto, da Robles, so come to the Mission Cultural Center, I'm teaching a class on Tuesdays. From six to
2: eight, and, and and Tuesday from six to eight too. So, yeah. Awesome. And you can uh you can look for my work um on Instagram or on TikTok under uh, so, sew underscore Frisco, as well as Galerias social medias. Um, I'm hoping to be sharing more of my process on those platforms. Um so. And then also, to I'm over on the of 24th and Folsom, uh, Tuesday through Friday, so I should be here, I'm mostly on the morning side, you know, uh, and come and say hi while I'm working in the studio.
3: And um, for the Golden Threads oral history, it'll be on display on October 8th through November 5th, if you go to the dayofthedeadsf.org there will be a page where you can do a self-guided tour and then listen to various um, sound bites of different people in the community that will talk about who's being honored in that window. And for the Ancestral Wisdom project that I'm working on, where I'm taking those quotes, those ancestral quotes, that's going to be projected on November 2nd for Dia de los Muertos in the park, Petrero del Sol mm-hmm. Park. Um, Aka La Raza Park for the celebration, the Festival of Altars, and I also have some sculptures going up in the Exploratorium. Starting, I think our opening date is September twenty-four.
4: I I wanna I wanna propose to the group of artists, myself included, we should use the hashtag Raices. Artist fellowship or something like that. Hashtag raises fellowship. Hashtag, there it is. Hashtag races fellowship. That way, even if we, <laughs> I haven't been doing it myself, but uh, that I just feel like it'd be useful. Uh, um, <laughs> I, I forgot I have to plug October Fourteenth, Acción Latina, the '90s Matter in the Mission show. Awesome!
0: Thank you all so much for joining me in this conversation. Thank you for tuning in to the Galería de la Raza podcast. We want to thank the 2023 Raices Fellows, Ariana Cruz-Martinez, Calixto Robles, Lila Mays-Shah, and Yano Rivera for joining us today for this conversation. To stay up to date on the Raices Fellows projects, follow them through their social media pages or their organization's social media pages and websites. To stay up to date with Galería de la Raza, Follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Galeria de la Raza or sign up to our newsletter through our website at GaleriaDeLaRaza.org.